Hello everyone, welcome back to yours truly. I am your host Derek and we have a great topic to talk about tonight on Plot of Confusion. Now, I have been very excited the fact that y'all have been picking up and really been watching where I've been talking about reptilians and been talking about do they exist and if they do exist, have they always been here? And um, I really have been... Uh, you know, really energized the fact that a lot of you have kind of gone on this topic with so many other topics that I have, but this one here in, in, in particular, you kind of have latched onto it and, and pretty much um, have been very much engaging um, and let me know what you think. Now, we're going to get started uh, about dealing with reptilians, but I also want to have it where it goes into secret societies and a secret society i think a lot of people don't know about because it's just hearsay is essentially the mystery schools and religions of the society of nimrod and we're going to get into that tonight's show so to start off with is that you also know that i am a minister plus i uh i believe in the bible i am a christian um and a lot of people have always, especially around my, my friends, have always been like, wait a second, you know, you're saying that UFOs exist? Yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it before, you know. Um, you, you, you think that there's other races, reptilians? Now, I'm going to put something out there for you. Is Imagine this, if you will. An ancient civilization, as the ancient aliens theory is, is that this ancient race of um, space travelers comes to Earth, such as the Anunnaki, looking for gold to mine to help out their atmosphere in their uh, planet back home. Now, you have this far advanced civilization this, that we are supposed to still be hunters and gatherers at this time, and all of a sudden you have the Anunnaki, the gods, if you will, come down to be among man and in doing so have us engaging with them. And we're to just sit there and say that they had us, they were here, they engaged with us, but now they're gone? But yet they're supposed to be more advanced than us, but yet they come back and they abduct people and we're, you know, you and you hear that you've got like this little war that's going on with the different alien races. But what if, what if the Bible also goes along with the idea that we were visited by a alien race that came? One thing is, is that one thing that stands out to me is that the, I believe that humans had um, the first alien race that humans engaged in or, you know, or had uh, dealings with, I believe was actually the reptilians, the reptiles. And here's the reason why, because in the book of Genesis chapter three, it says, now the serpent, now a lot of people think that it's a snake here. They think that a snake comes and it speaks to Eve, but you have to get back into the Hebrew of it, the Nakash, 
And when you see that, it has ties to the Seraphim, which has ties to dragons, fiery serpents. So the serpent being here is a representation of a dragon type. And thou the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. And it's interesting because you're seeing that she's engaging. Now, you go further back and you see that the creation of man is in the end. The and human beings are in the, in the likeness of God. And that he gives mankind domination over every creature um, on the earth. From the fowls to the living creatures that move it on the earth and to the fish of the sea. And let's Adam pretty much name and have domination be a dominant and taken care of being the caretakers of all the animals in the world but you're not seeing where they're talking to a cat or they're talking to a a horse you know you're you're seeing that there's something different that eve is familiar with the animals the livestock the stuff that's out there she's familiar with the animals that god has given them domination over but with this serpent she gives it more uh, like um respect and and that it knows what it's talking about that this serpent has a type of authority that she recognizes and she's engaging in with conversation with this serpent and in doing so, she is saying that this serpent um, has authority to speak to me. And you're seeing that there's this interaction. And for me, this is where you come in with Satan, Lucifer, the ancient dragon from old. This to me is who the serpent is. It is a alien race if you will a reptilian one in which is a serpent teen a fiery serpent a dragon if you will and goes on and the woman is sitting there talking to the serpent and he's telling her that she can eat of everything but if if you eat this you're not surely going to die. He's not lying to her. He says, you're not surely going to die, which means you're not going to die as soon as you eat from the fruit. You're not going to die soon. But yet, you can see that Adam and Eve had it in their, their head that, that if they ate this fruit, that they will die immediately. But the serpent, the reptilian... Is telling them, if you eat it, you're not going to die right away. And when she does, and sees that it's good to eat, and she doesn't die, well, Adam jumps on board too. 
So right here, even in the ancient text of the Bible itself, in the book of Genesis, you're seeing an interaction between mankind and the serpent, the reptilian. And what if those sly serpents, those snakes in the grass, if you will, what if they've never left? What if they're still lurking in the shadows of our society? I mean, there are many things that, that can really kind of hold up to this of a sinister intentions of what's happening in our world today. That we're given knowledge and we're told that we're to have this knowledge and this knowledge is to make us better. But let's be honest, the more the knowledge that they give us, the more we lose something of ourselves. And when you have this interaction between the serpent and Eve, for me, it's easy to look and say, the serpent is Satan. The serpent is the ancient dragon. I mean, you know, you, you go on into the book of Revelation, and you're having, again, the depiction of what... Um, you know, what this creature race is, it says, you know, um, you have uh, in the 12th chapter, verse 3, it says, And there appeared another wonder in the heavens, and behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. So you have a red dragon. Again, a reptilian, if you will, that is being relayed and talked about. It's interesting that, that the main villain of the, uh, and, and the, the main villains, I should say, of the Bible, other than sin and pride itself, is this reptilian race of dragons, if you will, that these serpents, um, have been at war and manipulating and confusing and bringing uh, the downfall of mankind from the very get-go from the creation period. Now, they, you know, there's a lot of things it talks about. Did they come from different worlds? Are they rumored to have uh, interfered with the existence of mankind? Have they altered our genetic codes of our ancestors? These mystery beings are being, uh, you know, people are talking about these and different conspiracy theories around the world. You have rumors and so on that, that these reptilians are controlling every aspect of our life. And I have to say that, you know, the, that's not too far from the truth. Because you have a thing in here and also where you have Jesus Christ, which is the Son of God, is talking to Satan, Lucifer, the serpent, is talking to that, that serpent, and you know he's telling him, hey, if you just bowed you down and, uh, and worship me, I'll give you the whole kingdoms of the world. And you don't see where Jesus is saying, no, you don't have the authority to give me all the kingdoms in the world. Jesus essentially understands that he does have that, 
that right that he has ownership of this world in some fat way, you know, some way. But Jesus says that you're not supposed to have any other gods before the one true God, Yoivahe, and he resists the devil, and the devil flees from him, and he, he leaves. He leaves him alone and goes off. But you're seeing that even this serpent is telling the Son of God, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world if you just bow down to me. So again, you're seeing that even the Son of God is dealing with a serpent race that is here on the earth. Now, the theory is that sometimes you'll get from uh, your ufologists uh, that talk about the reptilians. This is typically a general definition. And I find it interesting that the in uh, uh, Samaritan and the Mesopotamian that you're dealing with the Anunnaki that that you find out that when you get the depiction, what does the Anunnaki actually look like? And you got Zechariah and Sitchin is giving you in details of what of what the uh, Anunnaki look like, and and they're referred to as a reptilian race. Let that sink in for a second. So you're automatically seeing this pattern of a reptiles and reptilians being influential in mankind's um, life since the very beginning that you're seeing that the, the theory out there is to sit here and says that reptilians are supposedly alien species that came to earth during a time of the ancient Samaritans. In fact, much of what we know of them uh, through documents and through ancient texts and, and through uh, Sanskrit is that you have in a point during the Samaritan region, the Anu, which translates the gods, came from the skies and settled on the earth. These gods were referred to as the Anunnaki, the gods who lived on earth. Many people associate the reptilians with the strange arrival of the Anu because of a sudden emergence of reptile worship that takes place um, after the Anunnaki are believed to have settled here. That you're having that serpent races and the serpent, um, even the serpent uh, image itself is really being depicted all around the world. And when you're having that the you know, the Anunnaki come down, the reptilians come down, is there anything again that you could tie it to um, the Bible itself that, that kind of gives, you know, um, credence to the fact that the Anunnaki, uh, this reptilian race that came down to earth, that, hey, that's exactly what you're seeing in Genesis chapter 6. It says, and it began, uh, and it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them. The sons of God, the Ben Elohim, saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord, Yahuwah, said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yes, they shall be 120 years. There were giants, the Nephilim, fallen ones, in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God the Ben Elohim 
came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. The same became the mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now you're seeing right here again an alien race comes down, and this alien race interacts with mankind, but this time on a physical level. And we were taking a look at, at what the genetic stuff that was being done by the Anunnaki and what you see from ufologists, it talks about they were genetically um, genetically manipulating and changing uh, the genetics on Earth with a different species. And if they, if you clearly can see that that is what's taking place is that genetically things are being altered and it's being altered by this reptilian race. There's the go for, you know, why would they have ever left if they were so far advanced? Why would they have ever left and gone, gone back where they were if they were already using us, as you can see in these texts, as slave labor? They were using us. I mean, we were, humanity was enslaved to these gods. I mean... Uh, there's a book that I uh, I kind of recommend if you get a chance or can. It's called The Genesis Con uh, 6 Conspiracy. Uh, it is a very in-depth book. And I've had mine for several years now. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I, I have not been able to completely finish it because there's so much information that when I come across things, I like to cross-reference. And I'm like, wow, it, it shows that there's this line that's going throughout all history around the world of a serpent race. Yes, Cringer, of a serpent race. That's my kitty in my office with me. This serpent race that has been manipulating and has been controlling mankind from the very get-go. So there are several arguments that claim that the Samaritan writings are not enough evidence to link the reptile, reptilians to the strange Anunnaki. I beg to differ. What cannot be denied, however, is that many reptilian theories that have come to light as a result of uh, the Sumerian writings begs to ask the question, were they always here? And if so, are they still here? Now, two theories are out there when you're dealing with the reptilian uh, and where they came from. Uh, some believe that the reptilians evolved on Earth millions of years ago until they were able to venture into space. There, they reappeared during the age of the Samaritans um, and returned to Earth. They say not to take it over of a new world, but I beg to differ. Others believe the reptilians come from uh, Draco constellation uh, and then travel throughout the galaxy before they discovered Earth. Uh, they even assimilated into Earth's governments, helping to uh, uh, ancient the ancient world into the Age of Enlightenment. And that the reptilians bred with humans, which you find that in the scriptures that these gods, these angels, the Ben Elohim, came and they cross uh, bred with the offspring of us today. And 
you know, you're you're seeing that this ancient knowledge and this ancient worship is taking place. And even in Egypt, you have, even the Pharaoh has a plumed serpent, a serpent with a hood, which is cobra uh, on his, uh, between his eyes, which a lot of times you have in secret societies, talks about the third eye, the awakening of the pineal gland. So I sit there and believe that personally, that the reptilians, that the, the gods, if you will, of old, the serpents came to earth to do exactly what a lot of people have been uh, speculating and talking about. They came to earth for the purpose for our genetics. Now, there are theorists that tell us that the reptilians are a humanoid species. They appear to be human from the feet to the neck, but the face resembles a, rept a reptile. And they tend to be much taller than the average human, which would fit into the thing of dealing with giants, the Nephilim, the giants. Again, you kind of see this pattern that the serpents were, uh, were, were giants and their offspring would have been gigantic. Now, the other thing, too, that I see that's taking place here is... If the reptilians were here on the world, they were in our ancient past, what caused them to let go of them being not dominant? Because you can clearly see that in all ancient texts and ancient cultures, the gods are in control of everything from the Greek gods to the Egyptian gods to the Mesopotamian gods. And you really start to go and put them in line and start seeing a little bit of what their uh, powers were and what they were in charge of, you start to recognize that these are this these cultures are talking about the same gods, the same aliens. And this is where it comes into the thing dealing with Nimrod and the ancient mystery schools of secret societies. I believe that you had Nimrod, who was um, a king in our past. It was during the Tower of Babel that you have this this man god, which I also think has ties to Gilgamesh, Osiris, and so on. Two thirds god and one third man. That you're seeing Nimrod is essentially if if Christians look at it from this standpoint as being the first anti the first antichrist he's the first one he's, he has all the things of being that world leader that makes himself as god and he puts himself as if he's equal to god and so you have something that takes place with Nimrod that in the book of Jasher you see that something changes him when he takes the the skins um that was adam and eve's and he puts them on and he becomes a gelberine he becomes like the gods his genetically has been changed and mutated so if you have all these ancient races and all these ancient cultures are trying to B, the one thing that I've always found also interesting is there's something else 
that the serpent race does. I mean, let's just be honest. The way they he, they sell this is good PR for them. They're like, you know, they can sell about anything, and they're selling this bill of goods. And the bill of goods that they're selling to Adam and uh, Adam and Eve is something that's very interesting. And it goes on. It says, and this uh, for God doeth know that in the days ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the tree thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So immediately you're seeing that now it's going to say, hey, you can be equal or like God yourself. Again, telling us that we can be as God. Um, this, is a, this is a thing that you have from the Ascended Masters, saying that you've got to go on this journey to become able to, be, to ascend, and you can go into the cosmos and reconnect to Nirvana and... You know, it, it, it goes and shows that the same the same cell pitch that they gave Adam and Eve, they're still giving to people today. And they're making you believe that you can become as a God, that you will become God. And so you have this race, and let's just put it this way. I don't think the race left. I mean, if you're an advanced civilization, and you've come from another galaxy... But yet you're able to either get here through wormholes or you're able to, you know, teleport or you're able to get here somehow from light years away. And you have the, 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 the far more advanced technology than the, the civilization that's already here. Why would you ever let go of that power? Think about that for a second. Take it from the human side if you have a warring uh, nation that goes up against another nation and they win they occupy that area they don't just you know come win the war win the battle win the war and then just pack up and go back home they leave behind um, a military presence of some kind and I think that's where the secret societies have come in. I think what's happened is is that mankind uh, populate and reproduce like rabbits. That you can have where, you know, uh, one person can have one child or they can have 13 children. And I, I think that when it comes to um, being able to have children such as the Nephilim, I think that's the reason why humans lived longer back in the ancient times was because they were able to, body structure was able to house and hold the offspring of the gods, which was the demigods, the, ne the Nephilim. And uh, something happens genetically that mankind doesn't live as long as he, as he used to. 
It, he's 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 even he's like one percent of what he used to live, and so now genetically something has changed within us, so they can't have their children being housed with us again, and in doing so, that's where I'm like, well, what would have caused this to happen? And for me, that's where I I come in and say that God, Yoivahe, came in and said, look. This can't happen anymore. And we have a flood to wipe out. Now, a lot of people sit there and say, the flood happened because sin was so great in the world. Well, no. If you go by how great sin was, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned by eating the tree of knowledge, that means at that moment, at that time, right there, sin was at 100%. And if it was at 100% at that moment there, uh, the God sh- wanted to wipe that sin out. He should have just wiped it out right there. But I don't believe that's the reason why the flood happened. I believe the flood happened because there was a genetic war, a genetic fight. Genetics was being done. You had the perfect race of mankind that was 100% us. And then you had where the reptilians came in and muddled with the DNA, muddled with the genetics, and corrupted it to be something that was never meant to be. And when you have something like that, like a virus, you have to find a way to wipe that virus out, and that's what I believe the flood was, was a reset button. I also think that whatever also took place at that time is how the reptilians lost control of this planet. I believe that we as humans repopulate so so much and so fast that our numbers we had just become so great. And, you know, we were not in cities anymore. We weren't in these areas where we could easily be controlled. The flood came. Everything went out the door. Everybody went back to nature. Everybody went to live on their own. Everybody started having as many kids as they wanted. And then you had this baby boom. And maybe we just outnumbered them. So what did they have to do? They had to adapt. I believe they had to adapt. And in doing so, I believe that Nimrod was that. Showing that the ancient... um, The ancient... Uh, technology used in a certain way would be able to genetically change once again genetics being changed and Nimrod was changed now I also say that whatever was taking place that you had the Tower of Babel that God himself had to come down and said you know whatever they imagine it's not gonna be far from them and that's why you have the confusion of the languages I was talking to a friend of mine, and we was about um, the cradle civilization, that everything is in Mesopotamia. But for some reason, with all that technology and all that knowledge and all those buildings and stuff, for some reason, mankind just stopped and vacated the areas. I think that's where the Tower of Babel comes in. So when you have the secret societies 
that had to come from it is that we were all one language. And when we were all one language, we were able to, to communicate under that one language. But what if, if you did have the, confine, the, the languages being confused and mankind kind of was being dispersed and you had uh, one race calling this great, this king of human king, god king, if you want to, called him Gilgamesh. Another one called him Nimrod. Another one called him Osiris. You start seeing this name and start seeing the traits and you're seeing that, that this person matches up with that. So what is a way to be able to have communication is through rituals, through mathematics, and through imagery. You then don't have to worry about having to speak the same language because you all have the same handshake. You all have the same imagery. You all have the same rituals that you perform and do to get that sacred knowledge of enlightenment. And I believe that's what the reptilians have done is they've embedded themselves into these secret societies where they're promising again mankind that you can become as God, that you can become immortal, you can become a God. And these secret societies are doing these rituals and stuff like that because they're trying to, again, grab hold of what that ancient serpent, ancient reptilian Satan, had told Eve, that ye can become his gods. And so you have these secret societies that I believe all stem from the secret society of Nimrod. And the ancient texts and the ancient religious um religious schools of the ancient past under the indoctrination of nimrod because nimrod was a man that became a geberim he became a god and so and the knowledge is to bring people back to the reptilians so that we look to them to advance us to that next plane of existence of reality through the enlightenment they want to give us. But what they've done is, is they've enslaved us to be an us versus them and fight one another and cause all this turmoil around the world. I don't think that the, the reptilians ever left. I don't think they ever left. I think they're still here today. And I think they work within our governments they work within our societies. They work within secret societies. And in doing so, their work is still being done today. And the question is, are we going to be able to recognize it? And if we are, are we going to be able to turn the tide? For me, I believe the answer is yes because of my faith and that I am a believer in Jesus Christ, and that he has said that uh, that old serpent is going to be uh, knocked down. It's going to be done away with. And we, we get this, again, uh, from the same area, uh, the, book, uh, the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. You have where you're dealing with 
that serpent, um, Begalim, but God says to him, says, uh, in verse 14 and 15, it says, And the Lord God said unto the servant, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, the dust thou shalt eat in the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. It's going to be a killing blow to that serpent, to the serpent race. There's a killing blow coming, one in which is going to forever bring us liberty from the enslavement of what I believe is this reptilians that still exist. Let me know what you think. As always, these are just my theories and my, thought, my thoughts, uh, so you can take them uh, any way you want to. I hope you enjoy them. How they make you start looking and thinking about different things. And as always, please pay attention to your surroundings because you never know what lies around the corner. God bless.